You go from the five. one yeah. to the five, the Coquihalla. To the 97. To the 97. To the six. To the six. <laughs> yeah. here. You're here now. I, I like the best way that I ask people, I'm like, excuse can you just give me your address? And I put it in my GPS. And follow it. And I have the GPS on the whole time. But the GPS that's built into my car, sometimes it fails me. And sometimes I don't totally <laughs> trust it. So, I mean, yes, I got here and I didn't make a wrong turn. Welcome to The Safe Haven. I'm your host, Amanda Lytle. The Safe Haven offers a collection of conversations about life's challenges and the pivots we make in order to keep moving forward. The Safe Haven has recently shapeshifted into a bi-weekly release with alternating bi-weekly releases with a segment called Road Trip, where my friend Jennifer Porter and I have the kinds of chats that you'd have with a bestie on a road trip. Guess what? Jen and I are back together in real life for this drive. After Jen's 14-hour drive into the Kootenays, she's ready to share some big news. After nearly seven years as a passionate wedding and event planner, Jen has resigned from her job and is welcoming new opportunities. This conversation is as lively as usual, but has some serious undertones about value alignment and self-awareness. We also talk about the fact that Jen's counting is terrible, and it's okay to feel proud of yourself. Before we jump into today's drive, I wanted to remind you how much we would love it if you could follow The Safe Haven on your podcast app. Leaving a rating or writing a written review helps us reach more people and shows other listeners and podcasters that we're legit. Every single one helps, so if you haven't done so, we'd be super appreciative if you did. Here we go. Hello, road trip friends. I'm Jen. And I'm Amanda. And we're two adventurous souls with a huge passion for travel and chasing the unordinary. You know those podcasts that you listen to that you feel like you're hanging out on the couch with a friend or on a long road trip chatting with your bestie? That's what we've created and we want you to come along for the ride. Sometimes it'll just be us, and other times we'll pick up a friend along the way for some additional insights. In each road trip episode, we'll be sharing a variety of insights and perspectives, lessons, and memories from our lives. Sometimes we may cry, but we will laugh way more, honoring every emotion that comes up authentically. That's what road trips with your besties are for. So grab a snack, pop in those earbuds, and buckle up. Okay, so... What I'm super excited about right now, besides the fact that we're physically in the van together, is that the front seat of the van today (laughs) is actually my bed (laughs) and that you are splayed out on our bed, wrapped up with a blanket. You've got your mocks on, on the wrong feet still. Are they still on the wrong feet? (laughs) Wait, is there left and right on the bottom? No, there's not left and right, but you can definitely tell (laughs) your preferred foot for (laughs) you. You know what's so funny to have the flattest feet known to man? You do? <laughs> oh, yeah, they're terrible. I have hobbit feet. <laughs> okay, are they on the right feet now? I think you're good. <laughs> do they feel okay? I don't know. I couldn't figure it out. A flat feet problem. <laughs> yes, I'm more than comfortable. But I mean, heck, I spent 14 hours getting here yesterday. I know. That's a drive. When you said that you were going to do it all at once, I was like, well, you and I are both down for a good long drive. But I mean, that's a long one. Sometimes I don't think about it because I think I always take how long it takes to get somewhere from Vancouver. Mm. Not remembering that I have to get to Vancouver, but 
I have to drive like two and a half hours to the ferry, mm-hmm. spend two hours on the ferry. So by the time I get to Vancouver, that's kind of where I calculate that the drive starts. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. And then you started a seven and a half, almost eight hour drive after arriving in Vancouver. Yes. Yeah. I left my house yesterday morning at 6.30 a.m. and I got here at 9.30. Yep. 9.30 quarter to 10. Where I took two ferries yesterday. You did take two ferries. Yes. Oh, and you want to know what? On the BC ferry between Nanaimo and Vancouver, I got myself a white spot poutine. And I was so upset because the soft serve ice cream, the machine was down. Oh, no. Oh, no. You know that song? (laughs) Oh, no, 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 no. no. (laughs) (laughs) One of the most overused things on Instagram and TikTok. (laughs) Yes, but I love it. And of course, I put that song on the Instagram story because you know how I'm trying to get better with our Instagram. Yes. You're doing a good job, Jen. Well, yeah, it's just like, yes, I scroll Instagram for my own personal, but I don't post a lot on Instagram. Generally, I only post things when I'm like off on an adventure Mm -hmm. or like just randomly, but I don't like it's not in my nature to be like, oh, I should post that on Instagram. Like I'm not an influencer yet. I mean, in progress. (sighs) More details on that later. (laughs) (laughs) So tell me about the drive. Did you enjoy it? I did. You know, it came at a very interesting time because, so what day, today's Friday. Mm -hmm. I drove Thursday and I resigned from my job on Wednesday. So it was a really good time to reflect and, you know, make sure, obviously, I can't renege a decision that I've made to resign from my job. But um, I had a long time to sit with that decision and really recognize that, yes, I made the right choice. Had you been questioning that decision at all or like the decision after you quit the job? Like, did you decide maybe I do want to go back? Was there wavering? No. Okay. No. So you made the right decision no no matter what. Yeah. I mean, it's it's been pretty, I I mean, my general makeup is I act a lot on impulse Mm. and a lot of the deci- like even how I ended up out west was pretty on impulse. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had a job with a cruise line and I was like, well, I'm going to go snowboard in Banff until I get called to that cruise. And then I was like, well, I kind of like the mountains. So I'm going to call the cruise line, cancel that and stay out west. And mm-hmm. then, yeah, I've just, impulse has led me to some pretty great places. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, I, I definitely was sitting with the decision for a while and I'm kind of like one of those people that if I'm going to talk about being unhappy, mm-hmm. I can't just continually talk about it without having a solution. But I also recognize that, you know, when you start a new job as the job that I just resigned for, I have only been with for six months that, you know, you have to, I always have to give myself, I'm like, okay, Jennifer, give it three months mm-hmm. before you start thinking about anything. And then I just found myself saying like, okay, get through like this summertime for me, actually as a wedding planner, it was pretty relaxed. September was quite busy. And so I was like, okay, like get through September, like get like, and it was always like, get through till the next milestone. Mm -hmm. And um, it was just a roller coaster. It was very hard for me to recognize. Like I didn't know how I would feel until I woke up in the morning. And I, at that point, I'd be like, okay, yep, I'm feeling good, feeling good. And then something could happen. And I'm like, and we're not good anymore. So yes, um, I think yesterday on this drive and 
today, it's the most myself I've felt in quite a few months. Yeah. When you said that to me, I my heart was just exploding with happiness for you because that is such a beautiful place to be. And especially if you've been unhappy in any place, relationship, living arrangement, job, whatever, to be able to pull yourself away from that is really, it's empowering. Yeah. And I think it's definitely like recognizing a lot of things and like, I'm just, you know, we're always working on ourselves and we're continually growing as people. But like sometimes you don't really, you don't see results until, and you know, you're being hard on yourself being like, I haven't seen results and I've been reading all these self-help books. And it's like, well, the results kind of come because it's my self-awareness. I was mm. like, okay, I am not happy. Mm-hmm. What makes me happy? What makes me get up in the morning? Mm-hmm. And then like, what are my passions? And event planning, specifically wedding planning, for a long time, I would say, oh, goodness, like the last six or seven years has been my passion. If you look at my Instagram feed, There's a lot of, all my passions are, but like there's a lot of wedding content, wedding bouquets, florists, like different types of vendors, photographers, videographers, venues, bridal boutiques. Like it just, it consumed and like it wasn't uncommon in my apartment to like see wedding magazines on the coffee table and, you know, flowers that are like most commonly seen in wedding bouquets in which... I have a half sleeve now of basically a deconstructed wedding bouquet. And yeah, I was very, very, very passionate about this industry. And it was a really hard decision to come to because I had to admit to myself that I wasn't passionate about something I've been passionate about for so long. You also said something this morning over coffee that really made me think when you were talking about grief and, and you know, a couple of weeks ago, you'd opened up in the van about your grief journey with your dad. Oh, yeah. Right. And so even in that, you'd mentioned that helping people plan the most beautiful day of their lives and being wrapped up in that and being so well aware of the fact that your dad will not be walking you down the aisle on your wedding day. I can imagine that planning weddings over and over and over is a lot. So something that you mentioned over coffee this morning was that that's a conversation that you've had with a dear friend that we love so much, Judy. And as you spoke to Judy, she actually was validating that this is something that is part of the grief journey and pulling away from it. Yeah. So, I mean, as, I mean, as women, I think we, we see our wedding day as something, you know, that we move towards. It's, Mm. it's, it's a day that we look forward to and it's very much a day I still look forward to, but it's, I look forward to it in a different way now because I'm aware that my father will not be at my wedding. He will not get that first look of me in my dress. He will not be able to tell me how beautiful I look. He won't be able to walk me down the aisle and he, I won't be able to have like the father-daughter dance. And with all those things, weddings now, because of this pandemic, are a lot more intimate. So you have your close family and there's a lot more interaction between, you know, these milestone points throughout the wedding day and yeah watching a dad walk a daughter down the aisle the first time I had to watch watch it I had to leave the room Mm -hmm. I could like I couldn't watch it and then there was one wedding where the dad was giving a speech and he said the day that my daughter was born it was the best day of my life and I burst into tears and had to leave the room and it was just week after week after week sometimes multiple times in a week I was being exposed to this and it was just like it's constantly reopening a wound Mm -hmm. and 
that's really hard to move forward in the grief process. But then second to the grief process, this pandemic has really changed the way weddings and events are happening. And it just, to me now, I'm not like the sparkle. I've lost the sparkle for it. I could tell in my emails the way I was writing. And like when I'd read an email back before I'd send it, I was like, ooh, that's pretty snarky, Porter. Like, Mm. you know, you could be a little bit more gentle about that. And it's just, it's also like a policing game of you can't dance. Can you please put your mask back on? No, you can't mingle. Please sit down. You have to wear your mask as you walk down the aisle. Like, it's just all these like things as a wedding planner that I used to be like, I will make all of your wedding dreams come true. And it just came naturally to me. I could Mm -hmm. easily make these wedding dreams come true. So much to the fact that I thought I had an in with the weather gods to be like, (laughs) can we please order bright, sunny forecast? And it would deliver. But now it's like there's the wedding and event industry has definitely changed and it's been really tough. And then there's basically now two years of events going into one because everybody's postponing. Couples are frustrated. I've had some couples where they're like, this is our seventh wedding we've planned. I've done a venue tour with a couple where she's like, I don't even care. Like, I I don't even want to get married anymore. And I'm like, how can I be so passionate about something that you should be so excited about, but you're like, I don't know, I could just go to town hall. And I'm like, so then why are you wasting my time touring this venue if Mm -hmm. you're just going to go to town hall and get married because Mm -hmm. you don't care about a wedding? And then I just started being like, I was resentful. I was just like, nope, I like, I don't know why I'm doing this. And then another element, I was actually, like I've been in touch with a partner and, you know, kind of asking about our relationship. And what came up is that I have these expectations in a relationship that are very driven by the fairy tales that I see unfold where Mm. I'm planning these couples the best day of their lives, air quotations, but it's not that I've seen the, I see the, I, I can listen to the vows that they're saying to each other and all these beautiful poetic things that they're saying to each other. And I create that expectation of that is what a relationship is like, where I haven't witnessed the fight they had or the fight that they're going to have or the struggle that they're going to go through together. Mm -hmm. So then I have all of these expectations of what love and what a relationship is like based on a fairy tale moment in that relationship, Mm -hmm. as well as like people planning proposals. It's like, hold on while I plan everybody else's love story. Right. We're going to take a quick pit stop here for gas. So take a big stretch, jump around, grab something to nourish yourself with and enjoy a quick break while we fill up. No, yeah, yeah, I can I can totally understand that. That makes me think of something that one of my besties back in Ontario had said to me over the last couple of weeks. And I mean, it's no secret that the global pandemic has put stress on everyone and then under roofs even more, right? Yeah. Yes. So a lot of my friends and in their marriages and in their relationships, like, I mean, even in ours, it's been a lot. So what she was saying was that between societal messaging and Hollywood films and the the media that we're seeing around us, social media, the fact that Instagram is a highlight reel of people's lives and that there is no real reality to a lot of the shit that goes on in a relationship, that those highlight reels do skew our realities or our perspectives and our opinions of what it should be. And so 
she was talking about how in a relationship and something that she's been working through with a therapist is the feelings that we believe we need to be experiencing all the time. And that that isn't real. That isn't a reality. So we fall in love with the feelings that we have in that honeymoon stage. And when that starts to fade or change, as maybe families grow or someone might pass away and stress is involved, someone's injured, maybe someone loses a job, right? Things happen. And then that excitement, that Twitter-pated feeling might go away for a bit. And then you're chasing children or, you know, you're dealing with other shit at work, whatever. Yeah, the wedding day, the proposal, in my opinion, isn't an accurate representation of the long-term realities within a relationship. But what I was going to say after all of that was that brings me back to value alignment. And that's where I think that in a wedding day and in vows and in any super successful marriage that I've ever seen that has been quite open about the highs and the lows of what love is and what a relationship is, I think that the value alignment is ultimately what will carry any couple forward. 100%. Right? Yeah. Any couple that I do believe will be successful in like marriage, they they have like their their values and morals. You have they have to line up, mm-hmm. or you're going to be in a constant battle, or it's a, going to be a, a agree to disagree. In one of my past relationships, the political views that my partner and I had were completely and utterly different, and we would have to agree to disagree, and that was just something we didn't speak about in our relationship. Because, but that's a big thing. Especially yeah. with what's going on in the world right now. Exactly. And you know, not that I have like, I don't have a lot of strong opinions about things. You know, I'm kind of like, okay, yeah, like I morally maybe don't agree with this, but like, I'm not one of those people that's posting, you know, mm-hmm. all this stuff, all of these things on my Instagram story about my beliefs. Like I really kind of keep my beliefs mm-hmm. to myself. Mm-hmm. And you know, if I'm really, really like if if something really gets me. But I'm not, like, I'm not overly opinionated. I just know what I believe and I know morally, like, what I align with. And even, you know, when we were lucky enough to be able to vote that, you know, I I was able to research and, you know, of course, who, like, you know, the political party that I voted for is not in power, but at least I was able to research and vote for the person that, or the leader that most fits my values and morals. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's just, I mean, the pandemic's changed a lot of things and, you know, I'm not the only one that's been like reevaluating their career or like a lot of people have been like, I'm going back to school. Like I have Ooh, a friend yeah. who's gone yep. back to, to school to be a chef. Um, I have a friend who quit her job and started a bookkeeping business and was like, I recognized through the pandemic what meant most to me. And it's like being at home, working on my garden, surfing and working when I want to work. Mm-hmm not the hours that are set out for me. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we're we're all in different situations and trying to navigate what works best for us. But I think, you know, and it's okay to pause your career too. And mm-hmm. I mean, when I think about it, my career is in hospitality. Mm-hmm. That is such a vast and like wide range of jobs. Yeah. And knowing your value, I think I wanted to come back to something else that you said during coffee this morning, because uh, knowing your value and what you can contribute to a team, I think is really important. But this morning I thought it was so beautiful. We were talking about pride and pride in oneself and how it's almost taboo to talk about our own pride. And it's like, man, I feel so proud of myself right now. You're allowed to feel proud. And the fact that you said that this morning over coffee, I was like, please tell me more. Yeah, I think, you know, we, we, 
downplay our own, you know, like, oh yeah, I'm proud of that. But like, no, like you have to, and you have a right to be extremely proud of yourself. And I think, you know, with some recent changes of, you know, recognizing that there are certain things are at stake right now with my job and mental health was one of the big ones Mm -hmm. and my own happiness where it's Mm -hmm. like, I am so proud of myself that I know myself well enough to be able to recognize those things Mm -hmm. and recognize that that doesn't make me happy. And I did resign from my job. My housing is attached to my job right now. I've resigned. And I, when I resigned, I didn't have another employment opportunity or housing opportunity. But I knew that I had a month to figure it out. And you will figure it out. I will figure it out because half of my life has been done on impulse. And some may say, oh, yeah, that's flighty and like, you know. But I've been able to live in postcard destinations. I've been able to live in places where people save up for their, in some cases, in their entire lives. And that's been, those have been places that I've been able to call home. I've lived away from my family. I've lived away from my friends. And I've navigated some really challenging times alone. Mm-hmm. I've moved across the country and back. Yeah, like even when I moved from Lake Louise to Tofino in 2015, you know, I did that. And then when I moved back to Lake Louise, I got like my dream job that I did lose because of COVID. But that move, did that by myself. Yeah, sure, I might have hired movers. But, you know, mm-hmm. still like I've or, I, I've arranged my life thus far with no one else. Well, no, I'm not going to say no one else to thank. But I'm definitely like the driver mm-hmm. of all of that. Like me, myself, and I. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty like that's where I was like, you know, and even like when I was driving – 14 hours yesterday I'm like wow like I'm pretty proud of myself that I'm just like get in the car and I'm like yeah I'm just gonna drive for 14 hours I have no idea where I'm going a basic idea you got to turn left at in Vernon yeah and then <laughs> oh wait no I got I panicked I was like I turned right and then I was on this road with like no service and I was like too far down the road where I was like gonna be really annoying if I had to turn around and go the other way if anybody knows me that's listening to this podcast right now you know that my <laughs> sense of direction is none no, that's the thing is that you turned, you you turned, you were supposed to turn right because you were turning east on six. Yeah. You did, but did you turn left? No, no, no. I turned right. Oh, okay. I thought you turned left because you were making it sound like you were freaking out. And then yeah, like, I was no, like, wait, I'm, I'm panicking. I turned right. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure you told me to alert, turn left at three. And you're like <laughs> telling me all these highways to take. I'm like, listen, I don't know what highways what. Like, aren't I just on the Trans-Canada Highway the whole time? No. No. You're like on the 97? 97, yeah. Wait, and then east the on five? Six. You go from the, the one yeah. to the five, the Coquihalla. To the 97. To the 97. To the six. To the six. <laughs> I mean, to here. You're here now. I, I like the best way that I ask people, I'm like, excuse can you just give me your address? And I put it in my GPS. And follow it. And I have the GPS on the whole time. But the GPS that's built into my car, sometimes it fails me. And sometimes I don't totally <laughs> trust it. <laughs> So, I mean, yes, I got here and I didn't make a wrong turn. Well, but how good was my map of Nicaspa? So good. I know. Yeah, I was like, okay, laneway between these two, like boat, car, okay, park here. Yeah. Yeah. So I made it. I know. To this cute little town. It's so sweet, eh? And I think I'm actually really excited because 
okay, sure, yeah, I just resigned from my job. And now I'm on a week off. Mm-hmm. And I'm having Friendsgiving. Oh, yeah. Oh, those pumpkin pie tarts we I just know. had. So good. So good. And the fact that there's a turkey cooking right now. Oh, yeah. I know. Yes. And it's just like cozy fall vibes. Yeah. I mean, I'm like wrapped up in this fur blanket with my moccasins on the right feet now. <laughs> I call that blanket my wolf blanket. It's from Allison. <laughs> the wolf blanket. Yes. I love Riley it. Riley hates it. Oh. He says it's too hot. I no, run cold though. I love being cozy. Yes. Yes. I'm That's all the biggest thing cozy. to me. Yeah. So, I mean, here we are. Yeah. And I'm so happy that you're here for this weekend. It's amazing. I love that it worked out. And But you just mentioned, you know, the, the time off and whatever. And I curious about what the best case scenario is of a feeling that you're going to carry forward with you into your next job. You know, what, what feelings, what vibe are you looking for in your next career endeavor? Well, definitely in my next career endeavor, I need to realize that I, and I think I need to recognize my potential and the accomplishments I've made and the hospitality professional that I am. Mm-hmm. I've wor- I've been able to work for very elite companies I've been able to work for luxury brands I've been able like I I have a lot of really great experience even though the last six years have been in event management the lucky thing about event management is it's food and beverage it's guest services it's sales it's this so I I think for my next move I want to round out all of my experience I need to maybe pick up on some areas like housekeeping and food and beverage like sure I know how to serve but I want to learn like the particulars of that learning more about wine and learning more about cocktails like that's something I I do enjoy eating and drinking so and like a lot of like where I go and like little trips I take is focused around oh is there a brewery there great like what kind of neat little restaurants do they have cool So I definitely, yeah, I want to round out my experience and focus on some areas that I'm not as familiar with and just basically make it so that I could apply for any job in hospitality and be successful. Mm -hmm. Sales, events, food and beverage, guest services, you name it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm excited, very, very excited to hear about wherever this is going to go for you. I am too, just because nothing is set in stone yet. Like it's, it's unknown. But that's a fun place to be. And especially because you were saying this morning and last night when you arrived that you haven't felt this much like yourself in a really long time. Oh yeah. Drink it up. It's been, I would say it's probably been three months Mm. since I felt like myself. And now I'm like, and it's, it's very interesting when I felt like myself, what the universe delivers to me. Mm. And when I, the last time I was feeling like myself, the universe like delivered beautiful things. And for the last couple of months, I've been in this like rut where it's like, I know what I need to do to get out of this. Mm -hmm. But you know, when you do leave a job, you're thinking, okay, I need to figure something out because unless I have savings, which luckily, yeah, I do, you can't just up like, you know, life costs money. Mm -hmm. So, and then if you don't have an income, okay. You need to like be aware and yeah, so just taking all those things into account. But, you know, I'm just really proud of myself for being able to recognize that I wasn't myself and to make a pretty big step of like, yep, this is like, I need to work on my grief process. I need to find my passions. And like, in all honesty, 
coming here and coming to the mountains, it's such a natural move for me because I moved to the mountains, oh my gosh, in 2011. So what year is it right now? 2021. Is that 10 years? Yes. Good math, Jen. Well, at least I know my years because half the time I don't know my age. <laughs> I know. Put my a couple weeks right ago, you feet. were 36. Yeah. And my slippers started off in the wrong feet today. So I mean, call me a hot mess. But um, yeah, like 10 years ago, mm-hmm. going on 11 years that... I moved to the mountains on Thanksgiving and that like fall in the mountains just pulls me. Mm-hmm. And I love winter. Mm-hmm. Like I love, I don't like an Ontario winter. Sorry, friends, family. I love a mountain winter. Mm-hmm. Negative 35, I can dress for that. I brought four coats here for this weekend. So it's like I have no lack of <laughs> things to keep me warm. But winter here is so different. In the cusp, for example, it'll hover like an, a typical winter day will hover between zero and about five to eight degrees. That's what? beautiful. Oh, it's gorgeous here. It'll get, to, it'll be below zero for sure overnight, but a typical day is glorious. There's no nostrils sticking together or eyelids freezing, like nothing like that. Oh, but I love the eyelids freezing. <laughs> I love when you walk outside and that cold, dry air like slaps you across the face. Like the winters that I spent in Alberta, like, yeah, it's bloody cold, mm-hmm. but it's bright, blue, oh, yeah. sunny, and like strapping on my snowboard, hitting, I don't care, fresh groomers, not as mo, but like Finding fresh powder, like, oh, there's so there's two things I know in life. I love mountains, I love snowboarding, and I love beautiful destinations. Did you not just say two things? And I said three. Okay. <laughs> you are a hot mess. Uh, I thought you were going to wrap that up with like how much you love Catan. I mean, I do love Catan. Because we were lining that up for this afternoon. Well, is it time? I think we should do it. And I smell the turkey becoming done. I know. We're having liner. What do you call it? Lupper. Lupper. Lunch and supper in one. Lunch and supper in one because I started it early because I got excited. Since I'm a hot mess today, I hope you have a bib. (laughs) We can make this happen. Yes. (laughs) Okay, friends, we've made it. It is time because we're not actually in the van today. We're just kind of pretending because I have my friend Jennifer on my bed right now. But we are going to go and play some Catan, hang out and reflect. And we are so happy that you've been here with us. Make sure that you take a big stretch and nourish yourselves today. If you had a nice trip today, be sure to follow us on your podcast app and jump back in next week. Tell your friends, they'll fit in the van. We'll gas up, grab snacks and continue down the open road next week. 